It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin! Today, the RV is headed to North Carolina to speak with Madison C. Brightwell. Madison is an author, and her latest book is The World Beyond the Redbird Tree. So, Madison, welcome to the RV. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to meet you and to be here. Yes, my pleasure. And Madison, you moved to the U.S. from England in 1997. Is there anything you miss from across the pond oh yes I, I actually you know uh, i really miss the british people that just they have a great sense of humor and they're a bit more down to earth than, than the americans so yes i do miss that i don't however miss at all the british weather which is why i escaped actually i first um went and lived in California for 20 years in Los Angeles. And I love the sunshine and the warmth. <laughs> and I love yeah. when you say I escaped, because it's like escaping from the cold. <laughs> and what has been the biggest cultural difference you've experienced since moving to the U.S. from England? Yeah, there's actually quite a few. It's interesting. Uh, sometimes people say we are uh, two countries divided by a common language. And uh, I do I do find that a little bit. And also I'm married to an American. And um, sometimes I say something and he has no idea what I just said. And I have to uh, Americanize my accent a little bit. Uh-huh. So, so he gets it. But yeah, culturally, um, the, one of the reasons I really like America and that one of the the positives about it is that I felt it was much more of a a can-do society. It's a society where if you've got an idea, you say, oh, let's do this. And and you find that things can happen. Um, And I've always been a bit that way myself. Um, So in England, it's a little bit more where people are like, I haven't done that before. You know, that's not traditional. we don't do it that way. Oh, no. You know, and and, and it's that kind of stick in the mud mm-hmm. attitude that um, that I wanted to get away from, too. So um, I think that that's definitely a cultural difference. And there are many others, but that would be a whole interview just on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, Madison, you are a marriage and family therapist. I mm-hmm. think your work is so important. So what yeah. made you want to work in this field? 
Yes, it's interesting. Um, I was actually on the cusp of 50. So um, I was not a young thing when I decided that I wanted to do something different with my life. Um, I wanted to do something more meaningful, something that would give back and help. Uh, It's often uh, the way, actually, psychologically, that uh, it's when you're in your 50s that you start getting that feeling of, I want to leave my legacy in some way, or or, I want to do something meaningful make the world a better place. So that was when I decided to go back to school and become a therapist. And um, I'd actually, I'd worked in entertainment all my life as an actress and then a producer. Um, and I loved doing that, but it it felt a little, um, you know, flimsy as a, mm-hmm. as, a, as a thing to do. You know, I wanted to do something a bit more useful. So I went back to school and I trained initially to become a hypnotherapist I did that because it was only a one year of training and then I could just jump right in. Once I started the training, I realized that I loved it. I loved the whole process of being one-on-one with somebody. And um, also I I definitely use my creativity very much doing sessions. And also now even, now that I'm a a therapist therapist, um, I'm still really using my creativity a lot in the sessions. Um, and that's the same thing as I use when I'm acting and writing, actually. Um, so I realized that it's all kind of connected. Yeah, so I decided to, uh, initially I was a hypnotherapist, and then I wanted to kind of go a bit further with that, be able to help more people. So I went back to school, got my master's, and then got my license, uh, marriage and family therapy license in 2014 um, in California. Um, now I'm licensed in four states, and then I also got my doctorate in psychology. Um, so all of that journey took about 10 years to do all of that, <laughs> wow. uh, but really well worth it. Mm-hmm. It's very impressive because you started on your 50s, as you said. Yeah, and that's you, amazing. That's amazing. Congratulations. It requires a lot of courage to start over start everything again and also a lot of time and had to study a lot so that's that's great I did enjoy the process and I I I do like to uh, tell that story to those clients who are um, you know oh I'm 44 uh, it's too late for me to start again and then I can say oh no it isn't (laughs) you know so I can definitely inspire them. Um, and the other thing is, I actually think in order to be a really good therapist, not just a textbook, by the book therapist, you need life experience because that's really what you're bringing to the job. Exactly. I think I would have been a very good therapist in my 20s or even 30s, you know, because I didn't have the life experience. So um now I feel like the things my clients are going through I'm like oh yeah I know I know how you feel I've been there myself and so um it's much easier for me to use that to help people yeah so so it's very fulfilling it can be yes totally and you've been working as a therapist for 15 years Mm -hmm. actually about 16 now I think yeah what do you think is the most common challenge people face in marriages? Oh, in marriage. <laughs> That's an interesting question. I don't 
only work with marriage and family. And, you know, it's a misnomer to say marriage and family therapist. It's just the, the only kind of therapist I could be in California when I started getting my license. Um, but I actually work a lot on trauma, anxiety and depression. Those are mm-hmm. usual. In marriage, I don't do a lot of work with couples, but I do sometimes work with couples. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, if we're going to talk about uh, relationships in general, which I do, I very often work with um, people who are, I, I'm just saying the one person, but they're coming to me for advice on their relationship issues. And I do think um, the most important thing to bear in mind when it comes to relationships is to choose choose well mm-hmm. and I always say it's not how it's not who you choose it's how you choose because a lot of times people choose a partner based on their subconscious mental programming that's where the hypnotherapy me comes in because mm-hmm. a lot of times we're not aware of it it's subconscious and yet it's driving us to choose a partner based on what might be familiar from our childhood, even though it wasn't very healthy or functional, it's familiar, so we choose it. So for example, a woman that seems to, uh, that had maybe a very abusive father and now is choosing these partners who resemble her father in some way. That's really the main thing I'm looking at in relationships is how to choose well. Once you feel like you are with the right person, great. Good job, congratulations. And <laughs> and then we work on, you know, how to communicate better. It's really mostly about that, being able to communicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, if there's conflict, being able to hand conflict in a way that resolves the conflict. And medicine, you're so creative. You've been doing so many things. And now you published a book. So what made you first get into writing yeah you know I've been I've been writing my whole life it's just something that just came to me um stories just come to me they just pop into my head all the time and if if I had a hundred clones of me I'd probably have time to write all the stories that are in here but unfortunately, I don't have a hundred clones of me. But <laughs> I I did start writing when I was probably I don't know five, six, seven years old. I was I was always well. I I loved to read. I was a big reader when I was a kid. I'd read all the books in the children's library by the time I was eight. So I had to go to the adult library because I was like, give me more, give me more. So um, at that time, I was um, crazy about animals. I still am animals and I I used to love reading about uh, those big animals in West Africa and I had my favorite author who was called Rene Guillot and he wrote all these books about animals so Mm -hmm. when I was 10 I decided I was going to write a book too and uh, my favorite book was called Capo the Leopard and my book was called Kipo the Puma so a little bit of plagiarism there but (laughs) my book that I wrote when I was 10 I remember it very well but unfortunately I don't anymore have a copy of it which is a big shame but I remember it was about a a puma who was running wild in Africa and then he gets um he gets um um, taken in by this this, hunter who kills his mother and you know he's a little cub and he gets taken to a zoo in America and then eventually this guy rescues him so it's that kind of a story you know and um every 
every uh, chapter had a little four-line poem at the beginning of it telling you what's going to happen in this chapter. Mm-hmm. So I do remember the trajectory of the book and the little poems and everything. So maybe one day I'll write it again and pretend yeah. that I discovered it in my attic. Yeah, maybe you can find this book. Who knows? <laughs> yes. And so then I actually, um, I didn't do a lot of creative writing for a while. And then in the 90s, actually, the 80s, 90s, I I wrote four um, novels. The first one I wrote in 1986. Um, it was because I just had a bad breakup and I was uh, kind of inspired to write this book. So all four of those novels, they were when I still lived in England and they're all psychological crime thrillers. That's the genre. I was very into that genre at the time. Uh-huh. Completely different. Completely different. But isn't it so interesting? They were psychological crime thrillers. So I was interested in psychology yeah. a long time before I became a therapist. I still found... Um, psychology interesting and people interesting and why they do certain things and certainly pathology you know why they do bad things um i found that really fascinating the other thing that occurs to me when i look back at those books is they all have a strong female protagonist and in fact my current book does too and um if there's a theme that might be the theme <laughs> yeah So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Yes, you have strong female protagonists. And I was checking your book, The World Beyond the Red Bud Tree, and I see that Charlie is your protagonist. Yes, yes. Can you quickly tell us what this book is about? Sure, yes. I started writing it in early 2020 in the pandemic. We had just moved here to Weaverville, this is my backyard here. And um, it's so beautiful here with all the trees and we live by a creek. And um, so there were basic, there were certain things that inspired me to write something. I felt very moved to write because um, it seemed like the world was so turbulent at that time, still is, but you know, at that time it seemed very turbulent. We'd just gone into this pandemic um, there were all those protests going on, the Black Lives Matter and all that, and that did affect us here in, in Asheville quite a lot. And um, I just wanted to imagine a different kind of world. 
a world where maybe people were nice to each other. <laughs> um, sort of a utopian vision. And uh, I was talking to my husband about it and, and I said to him, wouldn't it be amazing if, if we had made different choices at a certain time? Wouldn't it be amazing if we discovered a parallel world where those different choices had been made? Um, different choices such as rather than the European settlers coming to this country and um, decimating the Native American population, rather than that, what if they had made the choice to join with them? Right here, we're on Cherokee land, this land here, in fact. Um, and so I thought, wouldn't it be interesting if that had happened? So when I talked to my husband about it, he said, yeah, great idea, I love that. And so he encouraged me. He's not the sort of guy that reads books a lot. And I felt like he's sort of like an everyman, you know? I felt like if it could appeal to him, it could appeal to everybody. You know, you wouldn't have to be somebody that's massively into reading or very literarily inclined, if that's a word, you know, that you could enjoy the story of it. And he also felt, and I felt too, that it's a sort of important thing to write. It's not just the story, it's the idea that, hey, we could make different choices and we could have a better world. You know, so it sort of it felt like um sort of like a, a message book. Yeah, and you were telling us that you've written several novels and even self-help books, but you mentioned this is the most important work you've done. Why is that medicine? Yeah, because as I say, those four books I wrote in the 90s, they were stories. You know, maybe they had a message somewhere, but they were stories and I enjoyed writing them. Um, and I still think they're good books and maybe one day people will read them. But, um, and the self-help books, of course, they have their benefits too. But I felt like this book was, it was an important book because it's not just a story, it's also a message. It's also saying, hey, you know, the world is in a, a, a difficult place. Um, and we need to do something about it. And how do we do something about it? And me being a creative person, the, the best thing I can do is to create something, is to provide a sort of vision of how it could be. And then I really hoped that people could, when they read the book, maybe um, come together, maybe start thinking about hey, how can we make the world a better place? So I, I wanted it to maybe spark people to thinking about things, not to just read the book and be like, oh yeah, that was a nice book, but actually think about the the, the ideas that it brings out. Mm -hmm. um, and um, it's actually the first of a trilogy. I'm writing the second book now. <laughs> ah, yeah, nice. and, and the, the second book, in the first book, Charlie is 16. And in the second book, it's 10 years on, she's 26. And the third book is also in the future. And then Ray said, what are you gonna write when you've written the three books? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Oh, I know, I'll write the prequel. Yes. <laughs> so I'll do like a Yellowstone idea. I'll go back and write what happened before. So anyway, we'll see if I get to that. I'm curious to know why you chose this title for your book. Mm. Yeah, you know, uh, the original title was um, Another World. And for a long time, that was the title. And then um, I was talking to my publisher about it. And he said, ah, oh, you know that title? It's 
it's a bit bland, you know. So I, I threw out some other ideas and um, I decided on the red bud tree. I liked the idea of it being a, a, a tree, so a, a, a natural phenomenon. And the, of, as you can see, we have a lot of trees and we have a, actually a red bud tree right here. Uh -huh. And um, it, it is, in this book, it's the portal to the other world. I love red bud trees because because of yeah. these stunning pink and purple blossoms. They've got the little pink blossoms on and then uh, and then they'll become red. And then in the autumn, I think they become yellow. So it's like, it's an amazing tree. It's like, it does all these colors all throughout the year. Beautiful. And medicine, what actions should we take or plan to, to, to promote a more harmonious relationship between people and nature in our daily lives? Well, that's a great question. You know, obviously, I, I really believe that this planet is the most beautiful planet. And uh, we need to take care of it because it's what we've got. It's our home. And we need to do that as much as we can, even just little people like me and you. You know, um, because it's important because, as I say, it's all we've got. Um, and it is an incredibly beautiful planet. And I don't know why we're thinking about let's go to Mars and let's go to all these other places. When we have this gorgeous place right here, <laughs> you know I just don't get that so um, obviously the planet needs to be saved somehow um, you know we, we need to come together to figure that out I cannot figure that out all just myself but maybe if we come together we can figure it out and, um, and in terms of how can we do something to create more harmony is I really believe in being nice to people. You know, I just, I believe in it. <laughs> and I I do think, oh, actually, yes, I, I do have one more thing to say on that. Recently, Ray and I went to New Zealand for the first time. Um, we Yeah, we'd always been kind of fascinated by New Zealand. And uh, for a long time, we couldn't go because of the pandemic. So we finally went this January, this past January, and we spent a month there. And Ray's comment was, oh, he, he had two comments about it. First of all, he said, it's the closest thing to heaven on this earth. And second of all, he said, the people in New Zealand are like the people in your book. And he's right, because there's, everybody's so nice. They're so nice. And so... You know, if they could be nice there, we could be nice here. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I my dream is to go to New Zealand and I hope I can go in yeah. the next few years. It's like yes, a dream. You must go. You must go and experience it at least once. I mean I, I want to go back. It's the the problem with New Zealand is A, it's very expensive and B, it's a long way away. A long way away. Yeah, it's very but expensive. There, it's wonderful. And Madison, I'm curious to know, what was your process for developing the character of Charlie? What's interesting about the writing is that it, it always it dovetails a lot with the acting and the therapy. As I said earlier, you know, 
because um, in my therapy, I get to meet a lot of different people, people with problems, of course, and a lot of them are young. And uh, that's good because I don't have kids and I, I wouldn't maybe be interacting with a lot of young people otherwise. So the character of Charlie, she's a sort of amalgam of, of a lot of the people I've met doing therapy. Also with the with the acting, um, you know, when you're given a role, it's, it's there uh, in the script, but you also have to flesh it out. So in fact, I'm, uh, I'm going to be uh, doing a role in a brand new musical. And so I was given the opportunity to flesh out this character because she's never been seen before, you know. And um, what I did, and the director was kind of impressed because I said, oh, I'm writing a biography of this character. So I wrote the whole biography <laughs> as if I was writing a novel about my character. So I realized that the process is kind of the same, that I, I like to I like to explore everything, everything about their life. You know, what's their birthday? What astrological sign are they? What's their relationship with their mother and father and grandparents and aunts and uncles? And do they have brothers and sisters and all that? I usually do that to to flesh out my character. What's what's interesting again is that there are all strong female protagonists in my book, and of course you you bring yourself to all your writing. And I think it's interesting. I'm an only child, and I, I don't think there's any of my characters that are the main characters that have siblings because I don't I don't know what's it, what's it like to have a sibling. I think it would be great, but I I don't know what it's like. So so I tend to not write about it. And then interesting, Charlie as well. She's an only child. She's brought up just by her mother, but that's only because her father died. Um, but she loved her father. Anyway, I, I won't tell you too much because you want to read it in the book. <laughs> but I wanted her to be a sort of angsty teenager who um, who was very idealistic um, and a sort of complex person, really but in in bud form, you know, so mm. she's going to develop and flower um, throughout the trilogy. Thank you. No spoilers, but I was so curious <laughs> about <good>. Charlie. <laughs> and Madison, where can our listeners find you online and also your book? Yes, certainly. So I have a dedicated website just for this book, which is called yourworldbeyond.com. And then uh, if you wanted to email me, it's info at yourworldbeyond.com. Also, I do have a, also a web, an author's website, which lists all of my books, which is madisoncbrightwell.com. Don't forget to put the C in there because that takes you to the author's website. There is also a, um, a Facebook page for the book. Um, it's available on Amazon. It's coming out on April 11th. And uh, by the way, I do want to tell you that I'm having a special promotion on launch day, which is April 11th. And uh, the special promotion, the Kindle version of the book, which I believe normally retails for $7.99, we're going to do a promotion just for launch day of 99 cents. So if you want to read this book for less than a dollar, <laughs> buy it on launch day. Yes. Oh, bye, my. Copy. <laughs> I think that I think that's all the promotional stuff I'm going to say about the book. Um, so yeah, it comes out on April 11th. It will be available uh, paperback, hard hardcover, and uh, Kindle, and eventually it will also be an audio book. Wonderful! Wow, 
audiobook. I love audiobooks. Yeah, me too. And I, I have voiced many of them. So I will be voicing this one, but I haven't got around to it yet. What into you do? Always <laughs> <laughs> so good to speak with you today. I love North Carolina. The weather today is beautiful. And I just want to tell you that I'll be waiting for you to come back oh, to yeah, tell us about <laughs> the second book. Also, to our listeners, Madison will be featured in our magazine in May. So you'll be able to read more about her, to see her book cover and also her socials. And yes. Madison, keep producing and helping people. I will. Thank you so much. This has been a pleasure. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.